Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Vikram has nominated Dr. Michelle Samoyce for a Game Changer Award. And we're so thankful that Michelle is joining us today. We're excited to learn more about the amazing work that she's doing and uh, how and why she wanted to become a veterinarian and the types of animals that she works on, which will be quite exciting. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me and congratulations on your name on your Game Changer Award. Oh, hi. Thank you so much. It's it's really great to be here. And um, honestly, I was quite surprised to be nominated. <laughs> I've been following you for a while and I'm Aww. a big fan. So it's wonderful. Uh, well, I, I love this. I, I love this opportunity to be able to connect with my colleagues from around the world. It is, it's, it's wonderful that we have clients, despite the fact that we're in different parts of the world, we have clients yes. that are all very interested in being a part of the same animal loving community. And out of that, all of these amazing nominations are linking veterinarians together, which is also a beautiful gift of this, of this game changer platform. So back up and tell the world, Dr. Michelle, when you were, did you know when you were a little girl, you wanted to be a veterinarian or was it something that you figured out during college or how did that happen? Uh, so I, I knew I wanted to be a vet from the time I was maybe five years old. Um, I remember that I was watching the original Dr. Doolittle, um, the 1967 version, you know, with Rex Harrison. And uh, it just really moved me. And uh, I come from a family of doctors. I mean, my grandparents are doctors and my mom's siblings are doctors. So it was always expected of me, even as a little kid, you know, you're smart, so you should be a doctor. And the only thing they meant was a human doctor. But uh, I was just amazed by this idea of, you know, treating animals. I didn't have a pet of my own back then. And um, it just built from there. And I never, ever wavered from my passion. Mm. You know, I was five and I wanted to be a vet. And I just worked towards it till I finally became one. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> wonderful. And then where did you go to vet school, Michelle? Um, so I actually did my pre-vet in Texas. Um, after my uh, junior college, we had moved there as a family. And then we came back to India for whatever reasons. And uh, then I did a bachelor's in zoology and botany because I wanted to work with wildlife. And then I went to vet school. Um, so I finally did my actual vet school in Bombay. That's the Bombay Veterinary College. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that you have a degree in, I mean, what a beautiful blend of zoology and botany. That is a powerful combination in that you falling in love and understanding plants at that level, along with zoology, that's a, that's a lovely, that's a lovely blending of knowledge to have to better serve your patients. My goodness. So then after vet school, then what? Um, so while I was in vet school, I mean, from the time I was in, in high school, I used to rescue strays and take it to, take them to a local veterinary clinic. And I started interning there when I was in my third year of vet school. And while I was in Houston as well, you know, I spent some time at the Houston SPCA and shelters in the US, even in uh, Illinois and Indiana. And I just 
growing up, I thought I wanted to be a shelter vet, you know, and one of the main reasons I became a vet and one of the reasons I came back from the US to study here was because I wanted to be a vet to treat strays. Um, but while I was interning, I realized that there's so much more that you can that you can actually do in a small animal practice or private practice than you can that you can do as at a shelter. Um, and eventually, maybe I'll start my own shelter, maybe 20 years down the line or something. I've only been a vet for eight years, been practicing as a vet for eight years. So I'm still a baby in the field, I'd say. Um, but um, yeah, I worked at uh, this small animal practice that I was interning at after graduating. And I worked there for three years. And then I realized I really, really wanted to work with wildlife. So I moved to another city and I was working at a wildlife rescue center where we treat urban wildlife and, you know, the kind of birds that people would, you know, find in their backyards and on the road. And it was bordering a forested area. So we'd also get some more interesting animals like uh, um, mongooses and, you know, all sorts of stuff, lots yeah. of reptiles. And uh, eventually I moved back to Bombay and now I'm working in another practice, which is not as busy as the first one I worked at, but uh, here I'm running the cat clinic part of the clinic that I work at. And I absolutely love cats and I love cats and dogs, but I feel like I connect a little more with cat parents for some reason. And I'm just really comfortable with waiting with the cat till it relaxes. And, oh. you know, so I think I've just become more of a feline vet right now. So that's what I'm doing now. So we do treat, our clinic is called Wild Vets because both my boss and I are wildlife veterinarians, but we treat more of cats than anything else at the moment. So First yeah, of all, I love, I love that. I, I was, this is my 36th year as a federally licensed wildlife rehabilitator. And when I opened my animal hospital, uh, I remember even the, the village planner, I said, so I'm going to, so here's the cat ward and here's the dog ward, but then here's the wildlife ward. And they were like, <laughs> I said, it has separate, you know, HVAC, but they said, you want to do wildlife? I said, well, yeah. They said, well, who's going to, who's going to bring it in? And I said, oh, trust me. And you know, my wildlife ward, of course, was always busier than my dog and cat ward. Uh, but I also <laughs> set that up, but everyone was very confused. I think to this day, people were very confused about why I was doing wildlife and dogs and cats, because both of those areas are my passion. So I love that your partner, your boss, also recognizes that serving uh, our Earth's animals, that Mother Nature doesn't have um, a payroll and that they're going to finance things. But I believe it is our one of our responsibilities as veterinarians to steward wildlife, because if we don't do it, no one else will. And we really are the best equipped to care for wildlife, but so few veterinarians have training in wildlife or have an interest in doing wildlife. And of course, there's no finances for wildlife. So there's these handful of wildlife veterinarians that are doing exactly what you're doing. And I'm so thankful that your boss or your partner has, um, that you have been able to do both of your passions in one facility in that you're literally serving the entire animal kingdom, which I love. And so, and so talk to me a little bit about, do you, did you find your background in botany serving you today as a veterinarian? Are you, are you, do you use any herbal remedies or do you talk to clients about, about um, using botanical medicine? We do actually. So um, we do use a lot of, um, well, we have Ayurveda here in India, right? That's what, uh, so that's all plant-based and homeopathy as well. 
and especially with exotics i find that homeopathy helps so much and um, it's good to know about what plants are good for your animals and what aren't you know rather than just having these fixed things in your head about these plants are toxic for cats so you know just keep them all away and uh, also with like your small mammals like your rabbits and your rodents you know i encourage people to grow their own plants at home and you know try and get their animals to forage a little bit uh, the same thing with cats you know tell them how they can grow stuff that their cats can you know nibble on and you know it's even if they're carnivores they can enjoy just munching on wheat grass or whatever so yeah and i like to know what kind of plants are good for you and where the medicine background comes from in these ayurvedic preparations like we have a big company here called himalaya which makes a lot of these plant based uh, medicines that people use a lot but they don't really know what goes into them and why it's good for their pets so i think that background and botany kind of yeah. helps you a little bit <laughs> I, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it serves you very well. And talk to me a little bit about because India is a culture that understands this holism in terms of of Ayurvedic medicine. That that's already socially and culturally that's already there. I'm so um, it's it would be amazing. I don't want to say jealous. I'm so inspired that there are countries that just have historically incorporated the concept of holism in with their medical system in that it's not a shock and it's not one system against another system or it's right or wrong. It's just naturally there as a, as a perspective to draw upon as the world has evolved. And so you're very lucky, fortunate, blessed to be able to, to have clients not necessarily argue with you because they have grown up also participating with a cultural system of medicine that includes plants. So that's, you're far, far ahead because of Ayurveda, you're far, far ahead of being able to, having to get people to understand or get it because it's culturally built in. That being said, do you have some people come to you specifically for more natural plant-based medicine or is it something that you just automatically incorporate it into your protocols? So we don't really have people coming in um, specifically asking for, uh, you know, like either alternative or uh, holistic medicine, um, but we're getting there. Um, so not a lot of practices are very open to saying, you know, I, I'm happy to use homeopathy, though I'm not a homeopath and, you know, things like yeah. that, you know, it doesn't have to all be only allopathy and evidence-based and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're heading there slowly. Yeah, that's wonderful. The good thing is uh, that the clients now all are so educated. So, you know, they're, they're so aware of what's going into their, their animals' bodies. So, you know, that they're, they're really a lot of them are moving towards, you know, more natural ways of doing all sorts of things, you know, from deworming to, I mean, we see these kind of rubs that uh, some women make in Bangalore that sells all over India which works amazingly for your yeast infections and your bacterial infections. And I find that it sometimes works much better than putting them on, you know, a long course of antibiotics and things like that. So I'm always willing to give them the options and educate them and then let them make their decision on their own. But yeah, I tend to um, lean a little bit towards the holistic side, I think. Well, and, and I, think, I think what's so beautiful, I think oftentimes with other more progressed countries that understand this is it's not really a, a one or the other. It's, hey, this is something we could try first before we would move along to using antifungal drugs. But you know, this is something. And what's beautiful is that your clients 
understand that probably foundationally. It's it's not so it's not like you have to explain or argue, which is really nice. It's very nice. What do you find that you love most about the work that you're doing now? I think just I just absolutely love working with animals and um I always look forward to going to work every morning. You know, I never just want to not go to work because I'm dreading it. So I think what I love the most is just that I love my job. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of vets say that they hate the whole dealing with the clients thing. But I love dealing with my clients. You know, I love the human connection. I love the bond that I make with my clients. You know, um, in the past, I've had colleagues tell me that, you know, you shouldn't be so friendly with your clients. But I find that, you know, once they trust you and they can see your empathy that kind of helps you form a lifelong relationship with them. So they can always, you know, pick up the phone and reach for you when their animal is sick and that just helps you treat them and save them. So, yeah, well, I like I that. <laughs> I love that. And I believe that veterinarians that do love their clients and their patients that, that appreciate, tr- genuinely appreciate honoring. Yes, we're honoring the human animal bond, but we're honoring, we're honoring our human to human commitment and bond and the human animal. It becomes this triad by including the owner into the circle of love that we can give. I think that you hit the nail on the head. We are supporting that entire circle, which provides a different perspective. Uh, and I think potentially more satisfaction when we can uh, embrace the clients, regardless of how difficult they are, embrace them in understanding that our relationship with the client is foundational and us serving their, their animal in, in the very best way. So I think that that's wonderful. I love that. And that, you know, that's exactly what Vikram, the, the person that nominated you said is that you, um, it's clear that you love your clients. Of course you love the animals, but it's also clear that you love your clients. And I think that that's, remarkable and wonderful. So this far along in your eight-year career, you've accomplished a lot. You've seen a lot of animals. You've treated a lot of species. What do you love? um, What would you love to share with the world? If you could share one thing with your evolution so far, Michelle, what would it be? Um, One thing I think would be to listen to your animals because you can learn so much from them. You know, uh, whether it's the strays or the birds or whatever. I mean, there's so much that you can learn just from the animals around us. You know, I'm not necessarily talking about communicating with them, but just learning from them, mm-hmm. learning to be peaceful, learning to coexist. And uh, at a time like this, what I would tell everyone is just to be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, be kind to your animals and be kind to the other people around you and just have that empathy, which everyone is just so sorely in need of right now. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I guess that's yeah. what I say. <laughs> Beautiful words and and very necessary uh, where we're at in our time space reality with with where we're at. Um, very important words. I also love your advice to to really listen to your animals. I think that probably part of the reason that you are resonating so well with the, with the feelings of the world is that I think sometimes we we don't pay enough attention. And we don't really make it our point to become best friends with species that we may not really understand like kitties. And by doing that, by really getting to know the the different personalities and the different natures of all of these different animals, we can be better guardians by really focusing on learning, listening to our animals. That's really good advice. I love the fact that Vikram took the time to nominate you. 
I love all that you're doing. And it was really wonderful to be able to connect with you today. And congratulations again on your Game Changer Award. <laughs> okay, thanks. <Becca. laughs>